0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Pinken.com Norwich City Podcast. I'm Dave Freezer and connected by the World Wide Web, I am joined by Paddy Davitt, Tony Thrussell, and Connor Southwell. Hello, boys. Coming morning, in from Sprouston. Morning. Morning from morning.
1: Bardersfield.
2: <laughs> morning from Thorpe slash
0: Norwich. Bardersfield. Oh, I'll go, people I'll know go where we're
3: Tuxwood area.
0: I'm on the Tuxwood. But no longer at McDonald's in Tuxwood, of course.
3: So it, it was a sad day for us all. It was a sad day. <laughs> what, what,
0: were there queues? Could you?
3: Uh, they... I don't know because I haven't. I haven't actually been out, but I, I would imagine there probably was. I, I would imagine they did a fairly decent trade. I think that, I. I certainly was pushing for a McFlurry, but um, that. that was quite a
0: <laughs> and Bardersfield thats that's the former RAF Colorshaw Base, isn't it? Which yeah, I... it's, it's,
1: there's plenty of bunkers and sort of big buildings here that can survive anything, so we'll be fine.
0: You can survive the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Okie doke Well, um, yes, the lockdown is in place. Ever since uh, we last caught up, it was you know social distancing and all that kind of stuff. But now it is a proper lockdown, isn't it? People are having to stay at home where at all possible. Um, but in terms of football, uh, not not much has changed in terms of the season shape of things at this stage, does it? But pad today, there's actually been a bit of a football line, hasn't there? A, a new contract to road
2: yeah, yeah, we'll cling on to anything, won't we? And uh, City <laughs> Keeper signs new deal, as the headline in the pink and reads. Sadly, it's not Tim Krul. Um, but what it is, with all due respect to the young man, is a new contract extension for Aston Oxbridge, son of long um, Longtime member of City's Academy. Now currently on, well, was currently on loan at Wealdstone, who were going very well in Conference yeah. South. Um and the nuts and bolts of it is new extension taken up to the summer of 2022. He was actually out of contract this summer, 2020, Although, albeit there was an option there. Um, But now it's 2022, and there is another option still. So um, probably in the broader sense reflects where they are with their keeper stocks. are in a bit of a state of flux, I think, below Tim Krul, who I think is still clearly the number one. But if and when we ever do get back, there was already a little bit of chatter, wasn't there, about if he goes off to as it won't happen now, but if he had gone off and did well with Holland in the Euros um, and Norwich in the championship, he might've had one or two suitors that still may come to pass um, given his body of work in the Premier League, certainly. Um, And maybe just below that, it's interesting to see how how the thought processes are now with the people at Norwich, because Farman obviously went back Uh, safe to say that didn't work out for any party. Um, Michael McGovern, yep, he's a, he's a solid citizen to be around the place, but clearly now in the third keeper mould. So they would already be looking, I think, to bring in a, a number two if Tim Krull's not going anywhere. Um, but then it's beyond that. You know, we've got now Aston's got a bit of extra security. Um, we've got Archie Mayer, who I know they rate very highly. Stuart Webber's quite a fan of him. The young Scottish keeper they got from Aberdeen. Uh, and really, it's just about, as always with how Norwich do their recruitment now, is... Not about the here, not about the now, not even really necessarily about next season, season after, but just longer term and and trying to, you know, plan to bring through players as they've done. And I've seen some quotes from Aston on the official site, post-contract news, like they've done with Todd and Jamal and Max. Um, You know, there's the inspiration, there's the pathway. And if this guy trains on, uh, he's clearly got ability, uh, but if he trains on, then who knows? But not for the short term, but it's another signal that, very much a progressive kind of longer term thought process to how Norwich are doing a lot of their recruitment.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen actually seen him play for a while now. He obviously was a regular for the under twenty threes and things like that, and and, and youth cup games. And um, because he's been out on loan, he also he had an injury last season, didn't he? He broke his wrist uh, when he, or maybe fractured his wrist um, when he was on the bench at Reading in the Championship game. Uh, that he came in and, and during the warm-up he actually did the injury So Dennis Ruben, um,
3: wasn't it I think with the shirt
0: was it, okay memory, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so that sort of set him back so I haven't actually seen him play for a while but he's a big lad isn't he he's certainly got size on his side uh, Weldston going well, top of National League So I've got the, some quotes in front of me here on the club's side from Ed Wootten, the goalkeeper coach uh, who says he's looked above the level there and done well in the challenge now it's about trying to go to a higher level hopefully into the Football League which he's more than capable of next season, and see where we go from there. So, yeah, I guess they're going to be looking to get him a, a League 1 or a League 2 deal, aren't they? Really go and impress and then who knows. But, but as you say, he might be involved in pre-season. He might get his opportunity. So um, that's nice to have a little bit of football to talk about, isn't it? almost feels a bit alien. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's
0: over now, though. Now what do we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Don't kill the mood, Tony. Don't kill the mood. Um so yeah, I mean football is basically over, isn't it? And Connor, I think you did a little bit that Cameron Jerome was still playing in Turkey last week, mm. wasn't he? Um and Wes in Australia, but that they're now all done as well, aren't they?
3: Yeah, I think they are. Wes played on Monday. All the days emerge into one. It feels like that period after Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah. Between Christmas <laughs> and the year. Pretty sure it was Monday he played it. So he played on Friday and then Monday. But I think um I think the A League have since suspended it haven't they uh, even because they were playing behind closed doors but yeah it's still business as usual for Cameron Jerome uh, in Turkey they're still going with with their football although uh, former Chelsea midfielder John Obi Mikel is sort of taking exception to that and he actually terminated his contract with uh Trabsonspor I think he was at um because he was so unhappy essentially with the decision that they'd reached and um but no, it's business as usual for for Jerome, and I think his team. Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it because I'll, I'll do them a massive disservice. But I think they're doing okay at the moment. They were sort of um, trying to stay up last year and, and sort of stayed up by the by the skin of their teeth. But I think actually this year they've pushed into mid-table and and done fairly well. He scored three goals this season, so not perhaps a, a brilliant return, but um, he's he's playing, he's contributing, and and they're doing well. So it's it's good for him. It's just a case of when, though. I think that that season gets uh, gets postponed as well because it, it feels like every day another league is going or or we're getting a, an announcement about a different one so um yeah he seems to be the lone ranger at the moment in terms of former norwich City players uh, s- still playing football in this current situation so it's good to see i, I don't think uh, i don't think we're going to get too many live streams of him playing football but there we go um yeah it's, it's good for him um but yeah it's uh, it is an absence of football isn't it it's, it's been quite difficult from from yeah. our perspective and also for supporters i would imagine
0: it has now been been cancelled hasn't it turkey they were just the one of the last to, to yeah. fall into yeah. to, into place so um beyond that i mean obviously you boys have been busy working away while well, i've been over on news writing the words coronavirus or covid-19 about 100 times a day um, helping out our news colleagues who are very busy at the moment of course um but you guys have had a bit of fun with the Pink and Classics. I, I had a watch of that one on Sunday, the Southampton FA Cup quarterfinal. Tony, how is that all well received? I see, I see, see the, the live tweeting of the Milk Cup final, re, sort of reliving that as well. Yeah, it seems it seems to be going down okay. I mean, as
1: as you just said, we're, we're trying to come up with new ideas. Um, and yesterday, for 35 years since the biggest event in Norris City's history, arguably. I mean, some people might argue with that, but. I think it is, one it? Of, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, that was the first time I'd actually watched those highlights. So the first time I I saw the scale of that occasion, so sort it's of something special for me to see. And hopefully, people that were there or not there have latched onto that, even if they're consuming it through different ways, can see what Norwich have done in the past and and just how sort of special we were building up this cup run this season. Because I mean. Get to the semis, and you're almost on a par with, with that year. So hopefully, when things do kick off again, we've we've got something else to look forward to.
0: And that segues nicely into what I was coming to you next on, Pad. Um, there were some reports at the weekend, wasn't there? Um, I think the Southampton chief executive was suggesting that they're looking at getting back into action from June the first, weren't they? Um, we've had uh, recent days. It seems to have been uh, a few of the lower level non-league teams, sort of. Norwich United, Roxham level, Eastern Counties League, That it sounds like they want their league cancelled, doesn't it? But as, as far as we think at this moment in time, the top levels are looking to resume in June, aren't they? And and I presume, I, I mean, I don't know this, but I presume that would be uh, resuming in front of TV streams and things like that, rather than and we're not expecting people to be piling down to Car Road in June, are we?
2: Well, I mean, I think we need to be clear. I mean, the reality is there's a lot of talk about a lot of scenarios, but as it stands, it's the Premier League uh, for us. Obviously, that's the keen level, but football generally, professionally, uh, nothing happened until April the 30th. Anything else for me is conjecture. So all this, whether it's people inside the game, as we had last week, you know, Karen Brady at West Ham talking about nulling and voiding the season, Paul Barber at Brighton talking about this 22-team league. Now it's moved on to as you've outlined there, DF, you know, potentially June and then potentially behind closed doors. I've seen uh, seen other reports about maybe two or three games a day at a certain two or three stadiums in the Midlands with no supporters. I mean, there's a lot of conjecture, but I think it's important that we stress that as it stands, the official position for professional football is they will, will hope to resume on the weekend of April 30th. Now, I think we all probably can see the way this is going on in terms of the health dimension um, sadly the transmission rates and the death rates in the UK are only going one way at the minute, uh, we're not at the peak um, so I don't think that's a starter but I think what the football authorities have done, as they did with the initial let's have a look and possibly get back on April 3rd, they give themselves some breathing space and then within this breathing space, conversations continue to happen internally I'm sure amongst uh, Premier League clubs um, but the reality is I don't think we'll be playing anywhere before well, certainly April the thirtieth looks a little bit optimistic to me, to put it mildly. So, I'd imagine as we get closer to that date, we'll have to get some more statements and some more clarity from the Premier League, the FA, um, you know, the EFL, uh, the Women's League, et al. And uh, so, no, I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to really get into a discussion about will we be back on June the first and behind closed doors because I think that's all hot conjecture. So we really have to deal with what we know, and that and that is. Um, clearly there is a commitment. I think from all parties, I saw Alex Tetty t- talking about this earlier in the week, that they, at some point when it's safe to do so, when the government and the, uh, the relevant scientific bodies say so, they want to resume the season and finish the season. So that seems to me a common position, but how we reach that point in the current climate is very hard to see.
0: Yeah, no one can put a, a flag in the ground at this point, can they? It's a, a week-to-week thing in terms of uh, society as well as as uh, as well as, um, football, of course. And um, the, there was a good little video, or an interesting little video, wasn't it? Jake Humphrey was down at Carrow Road on Friday, and he recorded a, a quick link, um, I presume, for BT. Um, and then he filmed this video of an empty Carrow Road, almost eerie. And, you know, this place is where the, the FA Cup quarterfinal was supposed to be being held this weekend. And i think Connor he sort of spoke for all norwich city fans in that position didn't he he was in a in quite a an unusual position of being able to be in the ground at that point and you could see the the sort of the pain and the frustration in 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 his in the way he was talking could not you in in the wider context of you know there's much more serious things going on than football but football is important to people isn't
3: it yeah i think um it was um it was our colleague chris lakey who wrote that football isn't a matter of life and death but for a lot of people it is life isn't it and I think that's that summed it up quite nicely it is a massive part of, of people's lives and is a, a source for escapism usually no matter what's going on in society or, or in the world you still turn up to Car Road on a Saturday at three o'clock and it's all it's all forgotten so um, when it isn't the case it, it does feel well it's been it's been strange to be frank it's, it's been really strange A sort of for me personally, I've sort of been walking around on a Saturday going, I, I should be somewhere, I should be doing something. But obviously at the moment, that's incredibly difficult. Now in the context of obviously what we're seeing at the moment, then yeah, it is it is pretty um, it is pretty irrelevant, I think, at, at this stage. And it, is, um, it isn't something that, that is going to be in the forefronts of people's minds. But it is a massive part of, and, and the word communities come up a lot, and it's a massive part of that and, and forming that. And football is one of the only places, I think particularly, in current time where you do get that sense of community and, and togetherness for people and um, often it's it's difficult to replicate elsewhere and at the moment particularly for those older fans who uh, as, as Todd Campbell told me earlier in the week they've been ringing up and sort of asking for support which is which is fantastic. Um, it, it can be a lot of their social life as well so it's it's a strange period. Um, I, I just think that the thought that people need to get out of this is how good it's going to be when it finally returns, and then hopefully that is in front of full supporters and that roar when the players come out for the first time after all of this has, has passed is is going to be something to to behold I think so that's what people have got to hold on to certainly what I'm trying to hold on to I mean what, what we' in day day three of official lockdown, but we've been we've been working from home since what two Fridays ago I'm, I'm already at a stage where i'm I'm seriously considering doing something with my hair because it's just tonight so i I'm, I'm driving myself insane. Embrace. Um, well, i I'm sort of in a debate of do I just let it grow or do yeah, I Yeah,
0: dreadlocks, mate. I think you've dreadlocks. Emmy Buendia. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not no. sure
3: like red dreadlocks would do anyone any, any good to be honest, but it, it could be a shout, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Emmy's gone quite um drastic. I mean, I used to shave my head when I was younger when I was at uni and stuff. Um I, still for a little while when I was first at the EDP, I think. Um, but uh it hasn't been for a while. But I have warned the girlfriend that my barbers is closed now, so Exactly you know a couple of weeks time I might have to go back to it I I used to love shaving my hair because you just get up in the morning don't worry about it you know barely even have to wash it it's great but uh I'm open
3: to to any ideas if any if any listeners have any ideas of what I can do with it then
0: give me a look at
1: Huckabee through the years just choose one of those the
0: Huckabee 2003-4 that's the one um yeah blonde highlights they're coming back um, but this is what it's about, isn't it? From our from our point of view, um, just trying to keep things light, trying to keep people entertained, trying to maintain that little bit of uh, of Norwich City fun and element to their lives in in, in what is as a strange time. And Tony, the World Cup Ki- World Cup of kits that did quite well on uh, on Twitter, didn't it?
1: Yeah, that I mean that's the start of a, sort of a new series, I guess. Hopefully once a week, um, but it's interesting because everyone has their favourite player everyone has a favorite kit so it's good to kind of get it out there and see what actually comes up trumps and i mean i i kind of could guess sort of three or four of the ones which would be the most popular and and it was uh the a6 is it a6 asics 1989 to 92 yeah uh versus fosters 1986 87 so it seemed like the 80s was a popular period for kits I think that's when the sponsors first came in. And, I mean, you had Hummel, Adidas. They were quite big on uh, the sort of standout kits back then, weren't they?
0: Yeah, two classic ones. The Asics one is the one with the green stripes on the shoulder, is it?
1: Yeah, that that was, yeah, 89-92. So that would have been just before the Premier League, was it?
0: Yeah, before the Aiden crest.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, it's,
1: inter- it's interesting. None of the sort of recent kits seem to go down in memory long term do
0: that you don't really get standout kits like that anymore do you well, i quite liked last year's one um but I, like the egg and crest one is an interesting one with kit debates isn't it in terms of it's what's achieved yeah. in the kit if that would have been the kit of the late 90s <laughs> yeah when norwich were pretty terrible um i don't think it would be remembered quite like so because coleman's,
1: coleman's was a bad period wasn't it but yeah
0: and they had the
1: all yellow kit as well then, which, yeah, which, I which was quite was boring, quite stand out in a way.
0: Yeah, it was that was the yellow. fashionable one, wasn't it? Designed by Bruce Oldfield. Yeah. Um, that was supposed to be fashionable anyway. But, yeah, um, in terms
1: of recent kits, last year's probably. I mean, you look at the Flyby kit from '06 to '08, and some of the Aviva ones—they're just pretty bland, aren't they? Yeah. Wow.
0: Well as as much as bland can be with norwich city because i always think that yellow and green stands out doesn't it, it allows, yeah. i think it allows norwich fans to feel uh, a little bit unique um right well before we come on to the pink composer and then we're going to um close on what's actually been going on at norwich city in uh, sort of the last 7 days uh, just to Bounce back to uh, Connor and Pad. Um, the, who who you've been speaking to so far? You've been uh, busy interviewing people, haven't you? And you got a few good ones in the bag for, for the next few days. Oh, yeah.
3: Well, I'll go ahead. So yeah, I had a a good chat last night with uh, with Jens Bertalasky, which is uh, which which is quite nice. We don't hear from him very often. He's uh, currently managing in in the Faroe Islands. The um, Faroe Islands. Yeah, it was, it was good to chat with him. Um, he was he was very good. Spoke about um how we'd like to manage Norwich one day which was which is quite good cool. there's also some <laughs> some quite interesting stuff on on Paul Lambert as well perhaps why he doesn't feel like well perhaps why he feels like his career has, has regressed a little bit so there's lots of interesting stuff in there I won't spoil it all but they're there I think the, the two main talking points um uh yeah that, that should appear as both a pod and also in in articles in, in the days to come but he was he was really good um Really positive about his time at the club and to consider he only really played about thirty games it's it's quite rare but um yeah he was very good to talk to and, and uh, was was a very a very lovely man so um there's there's plenty to come from him
2: wonderful yeah that Love should it. be good yeah because obviously they're the sort of characters that in this period if not that there is too many upsides if any but it does allow us to try and chase down yeah players from norwich's recent to further past who wouldn't necessarily have said too much. So, anything that he says, I don't, I don't recall him doing any media at all, really, since he left Norwich. Uh, um, and that's obviously something we're endeavouring to do, uh, as and when. Um, yeah, I mean, David Turnbull. Anybody who might have erased his name from history, he was the <laughs> young midfielder from Motherwell, who basically it was a tug of transfer, tug of war, to use a cliche, between Norwich and Celtic last summer. Came to the training ground, spoke to Stuart Webber, um, then opted to go back up north to head to Celtic. But there was a twist, really, for all parties, when medical flagged up a long-standing knee issue. Uh, that deal was scuppered as a result. And he's essentially been out for seven months. And he only came back for well, uh, literally two or three weeks ago before, unfortunately, the, the, the virus shut down football again. So really interesting story. Plenty of Norwich references and, and he... Actually, goes into in quite minute detail the events of that that period when he travelled down, met Stuart Weber, what Stuart Weber said to him, how impressed he was, uh, but ultimately why Celtic was the club for him, and then um, really quite because I mean he's, he was only nineteen then, he's only twenty now, but very you know very heartfelt stuff about um, supporters, media. We don't really put ourselves in the mind of a player who has a. And it was a career-threatening th- injury, as he said. I mean, the physios or the, or the specialists at that time said, look, he could play for five or ten years, not have a problem. He could go into training tomorrow, something would to go in his left knee and that is his career over. So for a 19-year-old, as he was then, to try and process that when you're on the cusp of, you know, joining the biggest club in Scotland, you've got a Premier League club coveting you as well. Um, really interesting, unique insight. So uh, we'll be popping that out in the next day or two across all our channels. Uh, Yeah. And again, you know, in the context of not having any actual people kicking balls, it just allows us to maybe delve a bit deeper into areas we wouldn't normally be able to do. So, yeah, I'm sure even though ultimately he decided to snub Norwich, I think there's still plenty of interest there for a Norwich fan.
0: Right, well, um, I should just uh, mention at this point that we also come to you on future Radio 107.8 FM. You can always hear the show on a Wednesday night on uh, on their channel if uh, if you've ever missed it. And uh, if you want to get in contact with us, then we're always really pleased to hear from you. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Pink and we've all got our own separate social media accounts. But uh, if you have got any questions, particularly at this uh, strange time, then uh, we're, always, uh, we're always pleased to hear from you and we could get a comment in last week from Paul Mardle from Headerset who emailed me. uh, So thanks for that, Paul, who said, uh, really enjoyed the podcast yesterday. The discussion of TV to watch while we have no football was very amusing. That's your uh, salvage wars or whatever it is, Pad. Hunters, David. Hunters. Hunters. Hunters.
2: You clearly haven't watched it it in the intervening period by that (laughs) comment.
0: Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Um, And he says, can I offer... A memorable match I would like to relive, which was our pink and composed from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Norwich for Newcastle on April 20th, 2005. The wonder strike from Yusef Safri and an amazing long-range header from Dean Ashton. Brilliant win. Evening game as well. Interesting fact, both players featured on the cover of the programme for the game. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Paul, for getting I, in touch. I remember that game
1: because I was sitting in the Barclay with my Newcastle tracksuit bottoms on and my Norwich mm. shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back then, I was a more a Newcastle fan, but a season to get hold of with Norwich. And I remember when that late winner went in, and the whole crowd erupted. And yeah. then I was just sitting there like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now so you- I can think back that that was actually an important result for Norwich. Yeah. In that little run at the end of the season. So if I had, if I could relive that moment, I probably would join in with the celebrations.
0: It's part of what should have been the greatest game, isn't it? Yeah. If Andy Johnson hadn't got away with his diving at Selhurst Park, then they probably would have stayed up. But there we go. We'll park that one for now. Um, so that leads us in nicely into uh, a nice bit of uh, sort of feature work that you guys have, have started in terms of cult heroes. Um, Chris Lakey's written a piece about Yusef Safri, so that's out there if you want to go and check that out. Um, our colleague Mark Armstrong's also written a nice piece about Danny Pacheco. In terms of cult heroes, Pad, I think there's always a little bit of debate as to exactly what a cult hero is. Um, In my mind, it, it's somebody who's sort of a, a little bit off the... Uh, it, it's not a legend. It's somebody who was probably good for the club or maybe someone yeah. that you didn't quite fulfil the potential. The one that I always thought was a bit of a cult hero uh, was David Strahavka, um, someone who people yeah. thought was... And Dennis Rabeni is, is a similar example as well. Yeah, maybe yeah. someone that we never really got to fully assess that people thought there might be might be something there there's a bit of ability a bit of character uh, but there's actually potential. defining a cult hero isn't that easy is it
2: no which is good because then you can overlay your own interpretation on it because there isn't really a right or wrong answer i mean if you're talking though in terms of people who didn't fulfill their potential i, I wouldn't go much further than ricky van walswinkle who yet still despite all the fanfare the huge sum he arrived from you know transformational Deal for Norwich in many ways, in terms of the finances. And still to this day, we do anything with rookie Van Walstinkel. Norwich fans absolutely love the guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He scored what, what, one Premier League. Well, <laughs> this is it, you know. It seems to be, you know, forever more. Package that he wasn't. That there was a player in there, and Shoot yeah. and being the current manager at the time didn't extract the potential because he came with a fearsome goal-scoring record in Portuguese football, and yet. But and then of course, then he scores on his Premier League debut against Everton that opening day at Carrot I'm sure Norwich fans went away thinking well this guy's going to be something special and it never really happened for him you know he then had one or two injury problems he then fell out of favour successive managers didn't really fancy him and he's he's obviously gone off back around Europe and and then to bring the story fully up to date he's had that you know situation with a brain onion playing for his Swiss club Basel and um you know, again, a life-threatening sort of situation. Thankfully, he's come through that. And and again, I think he was just almost on the cusp of coming back uh, to play. So great to see on a personal human level. But for me, there's a guy who that defies logic. Why would Norwich fans still, the majority of them, look on him so fondly when you break down what he did for the club and nobody could say he offered value for money? So that, to me, would be... a my definition if it's about players who never fulfilled quite fulfilled their potential yet still were taken to the hearts of a lot of Norwich fans,
0: yeah, I, I think Ricky definitely ticks the box as a cult hero. He was unlucky with his injury as well, wasn't he? he? Scored in his debut and then really got knocked out of his stride by an injury for a few months. Um, I was at Craven Cottage when he made that infamous ghost pass as well, though. So <laughs> when he literally passed no one when through on goal, that uh, that was um. That was a tough one to take, but yeah, I, you've I'm,
2: seen some of Onel Hernandez's decision making, haven't you, David? <laughs> so I don't think we should hold that against him. <laughs> to be fair,
0: I think, um, I think, yeah, Ricky, we never saw the best of him. It, it, it's pure fantasy, isn't it? But if you could have had Ricky in the Daniel Farker team last season, I think it would have been a different story. Good job. The one I would put forward, and uh, listeners, we'd love to hear yours as well. We've made a few. Uh, there's already been a couple of appeals on the pink and Twitter account, but we'll we'll put out some some more on this because we really want to get um, lots of nominations in. Because as I say, I think it's slightly different for people. I don't see cult hero as someone who was rubbish, but you like them. Um, I don't think that's quite a cult hero. I think um, there needs to have be, been something a little bit special. I think um, people a little bit older than me loved Robert Fleck because he was more than the fact that he was. Um, uh, a, a good player he was a very successful player for Norwich but that he was like he had the attitude of the fans he was a real go-getter he loved to have a bit of fun and um you know there's the was it he took a Mars bar off a off a guy who was selling sweets by the side of the pitch or something like that after he scored a goal or you know things like that that make people stand out the one for me from uh was Mark Libra who um I think that goal against Manchester City on his debut after, what was it, 13 seconds? First time. I think was in 2000, um, and oh, someone else is trying to ring me. Uh, Mark uh, It's the boss, actually. Steve Dave Powell's the editor, but <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to give him a call back when we finish. Um, yeah, he came off the bench, and that was sort of before the internet was established as a football community uh, and really as a as wider use for everyone. So. I, didn't, I don't think I even knew who he was when he came on the pitch. I'd like, I I barely even heard that he'd signed for the club. I mean, I would have been 14, something like that. And he comes off the bench and I mean, 13 seconds, scores this absolutely amazing goal. And it's we're all celebrating. And like, who is it? <laughs> Mark Libra, never heard of him. And he was one, a, a bit in the same mold as Gaetano Gialanzo around the same time, who just never really saw the best of him because of injuries and things like that. So mm-hmm. he's one that stands out for me. What about, what about you, Connor?
3: I'm going to go for a slightly different one uh, in, in terms of different reasoning, perhaps. So Henry Lansbury was was is one that sprung yeah. to mind, but perhaps Norwich fans didn't see the best of him because obviously he was on loan and that was a, a short period of time. Um, because I think when he when he did play, he was very good. I, I remember that pass uh, that completely split the Ipswich defence, open for for Grant Holt to score it was his second, I think, in, in the East Anglian derby. Um, but I, I thought he, he was really good. Obviously, he had the, uh, the dance at Ellum Road as well, didn't he? And uh, uh, the late... The duggie. That's the one, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but we perhaps never really saw the best of him because obviously it was only a limited time. And um, I think it, had he have signed for Norwich permanently, which perhaps a, a lot of people would have wanted, obviously he's gone on and made quite a decent career now with Aston Villa, um, then uh, I, I think Norwich fans probably would have, would have enjoyed him a lot more. So that, that's mine and, and different reasoning, I think, to, to the others we've had. So...
0: Yeah, he would have been a cracker sign if they could have kept hold of him. But, of course, he was very highly thought of at Arsenal at the time, wasn't he? I've got a good little anecdote on Henry Lansbury. I don't think I've ever... I might have told you boys before, but I haven't told it on the pod before. But, um, as you all know, I worked up at Scunny for a a couple of years and was covering uh, Scunthorpe United when Gary Hooper was there. And Lansbury also had... I think it might have even been his first loan from Arsenal. Uh, Had a little stint there, and he was similarly made that sort of impact it's like although you can really see the potential there but maybe didn't quite fulfill it for them but it was press conference day and we were um waiting to speak to Nigel Adkins something on those lines and Henry Lansbury sort of shyly comes up the stairs and goes uh, uh has anyone seen Gary Hooper um uh, no no not seen him but we had we had to play along with it Hooper had just come through and been like you didn't see me uh, ran past us and we just didn't think much of it but we we didn't we, we didn't want to ruin the surprise and uh he's like, uh I can't find my car I just had this brand new BMW um uh, delivered and uh I, I can't find the keys and they basically robbed it and Glenford Park's got car parks on both sides of the stadium so they moved it from one side and parked it at the far end under some trees the other side of the stadium <laughs> so this poor like 18 year old kid from Arsenal was like Welcome to League One, mate. <laughs> so they were all—they were all very pleased with themselves. Uh, Tony, your nomination?
1: Yeah, well, it, it's tricky because I always struggle to decide what a cult hero is, but I've settled on Dixon Otuhu purely because, again, he had—he had the signs of being this this powerful box-to-box player that could just take the game by a scruff of the neck one game. And then for the next nine games, he'd be a anom- anonymous <laughs> yeah. So it was like you knew the potential was there, and I, I had his name on the back of my uh, white fly be away shirt. Ooh. So I, I obviously did take to him, but I just remember he he took a lot of stick for because people could see he had it, but he just didn't always show it. Um, and it was in that time when Norwich was sort of on the decline after after the Prem, and then worthy got sacked, and then Grant came in. So it was in that time where there was a lot of frustration around the team. But then every now and again, he would sort of dominate a game, but then he'd go missing the next game when you when you got your hopes up. So,
0: yeah, I, I always took to him, but just wish he could have done more. Yeah, I think he, that was generally his career after he left Norwich as well, wasn't yeah. it? I, th- I think I'm right in saying he was the player that prompted the infamous Huckabee rant, wasn't he, when they sold him to... To Sunderland, he that was the sort of straw that broke the camel's back for, for Huckabee. And he went on that infamous rant where he pulled as, as, aside some of the journalists and was like, Right, I want to talk. Uh, I think Chris Lakey was one of those, wasn't he? Um, unfortunately, he's not with us at the moment, but um, yeah, I think a two who sale was the one that really jarred, um, jarred Hucks off. So, yeah, yeah good stuff. Um, as I say, do get in touch. Um, on Twitter, email, whichever way you find best, um, your cult heroes. So just to close off the pod, um, let's um, just talk about what's actually been going on at Norwich City this week and um, bits and pieces, which we've already mentioned, but Connor, just to come back to you on the players ringing um, elderly fans. Um, mm-hmm. The club has over 6,000 season ticket holders over the age of 60. So they're really trying to make sure that they stay a part of their community and it's not just been Todd, is it? it's been several players and, and staff who've been ringing around.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, well, the ones we know of is, is, is Todd Grant Hanley and, and Ben Kensel who have essentially been ringing. Uh, I think their season ticket holders over 80, actually, that they've, they've been ringing. Um, and, yeah. and that's, that's a nice story. And obviously I, I spoke to Todd earlier in the week and, he essentially said, because obviously he's doing the FIFA stuff as well, so with the FIFA stuff, he's sort of entertaining the younger generation. And with the older generation, they get a phone call, which goes a long way because they're obviously the people who are who are most vulnerable at the moment and are probably um, being hit hardest by this because obviously they're... Uh, they're isolating by themselves they're perhaps not not seeing family members and and loved ones so uh yeah a phone call from and i think um other clubs have done it as well everton posted one with with carlo ancelotti yesterday which was quite nice and keith curl with northampton has done one as well so it's it's a a good idea and, and it certainly keeps up what i was saying earlier in terms of that community feel about things, and and they are the people in society that needs it the most. And to hear from a Todd Campwell or a Grant Hanley, um, we'll will we'll keep them going for a little bit for sure, and and make that connection with the football club that perhaps is a bit lost at the moment. So it's a, it's a really nice story, I think, and um, it's a really good idea from the club, and, and something that hopefully they're they're going to do more of as as the weeks progress, and they're going to keep checking in on, on on those people. Hopefully, it's it's not a one-off thing. I, I certainly hope not, because um, particularly at this time, those those older people need it. I think.
0: Yeah, well, unfortunately, they've got plenty of time to play with at the moment. So I mm-hmm. guess they'll call other players into into action in that way in, in the weeks to come. I think Tim Krull and Michael McGovern have also done a, a few calls, haven't they? So uh, if, I think if somebody rang me up and said it, hello, it was Grant, Grant Hanley, I think they were winding <laughs> me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh,
3: likewise. Yeah, I saw, I saw a story on... Uh, Someone put it, I don't know if it was uh, Facebook or Twitter, but someone put it on there and said that uh, their grandparent had 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 a phone call from Michael McGovern and they asked him if it was a scam and he started laughing. It's not
1: Sean Dyche,
0: is it? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, But yeah, the club had to shut their offices and uh, and the club shops and stuff like that was on Friday. Uh, ahead of the, the lockdown actually coming in on on uh, what was that Monday night that Boris Johnson spoke to the nation, uh, and over the weekend there was a, a story on Sean Raggett who um, has actually been uh, diagnosed as, as having coronavirus, um, and Portsmouth uh sort of been covering that off. He um, they of course played Arsenal in the FA Cup before everything got shut down, so uh, I think there's four players in their squad. So five now, f- five, five. So yeah, uh, yeah, they're having to quarantine. Um, one of the national newspapers actually picked up that um, he was in a, he was in a pub at the time that he got the the positive um, diagnosis. So he he quickly about turned and, and thought I better get out of here. So I think there was a little bit of criticism in, in of him in that story, which it's, it felt like a little bit of footballer shaming, to be honest, because he was hardly the only one who was who was in a pub on Friday night, was he? Um, but yeah, but fingers crossed. He I don't think his symptoms are too bad. He's um, you know fit and healthy and young, so. Uh, hopefully he, he's going to be fine and, and will soon be recovered and is and at home as all footballers are now and and, and recovering. Um, we did have a little bit of football st- stuff to talk about over the weekend. Jordan Rhodes popped up again didn't he, Pad? Um, the oh, yeah. Wednesday owner decided to chuck a new log on, on that file here. He? Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, he did indeed. Yeah, That was Friday afternoon. Did a big wide-ranging interview with uh, media in Yorkshire um, and within which was asked about why Rhodes was still at their club, given he's one of the high-wage earners and not playing. Uh, and then he seems to have basically deemed that Stuart Webber led them a merry dance last summer when Norwich were keen. Stuart Webber did an interview. Me and Tony went and saw him at Colney and uh, and he was quite open that the yes given. And again, it's funny actually because we've just come off the back of the cult Heroes discussion. Well, there's a guy who didn't play a lot of football but how loved yeah. was he, given his Ipswich connections as well. And that was because he was such such a great personality. And Weber alluded to it in our interview, actually, around the dressing room last season. Maybe you didn't see him on the pitch in terms of his influence on a week-to-week basis, but a valuable member of the party. And um, and as a result, they would have willingly brought him back, but on Norwich's terms, which was basically uh, as a free transfer, I think, um, which clearly, from sheffield Wendy's point of view, for a player they paid substantial sums to Middlesbrough, um, were unwilling to do and uh, yeah there was some nice uh, nice jibes about uh, he'd uh, can't think off the top of my head but that he basically harmed their club as in Weber's comments harmed their club and, and almost a little bit you know let's not get down the, the legal route but there was you know he was more or less claiming Stuart Weber had lied so um that's for his own consumption and his fans, I'm sure. But, uh, I did have an interaction with Stuart Weber, who uh, was, I think it's safe to say, fairly amused by it all. And, uh, <laughs> be amused as well. So I don't think he was put, put in too much store by it, but ultimately Jordan Rose remained there and, um, and he hasn't really played. So it probably hasn't worked out for any party, really. You would say, would he have come to Norwich and, and dislodged Timmy Puki? Probably certainly not at the start of the season, but, he might have seen a bit more action as uh, as, as the season went on, so and with Josip Dermich only really now fit and available, you know it might it might have been a useful addition, but I think my personal opinion was Norwich was spot on because the the numbers that would have been required to make that deal happen on Sheffield Wednesday's terms didn't make any sense, given as we can now look back how much Norwich did actually spend last summer, um, which they are probably what they spent getting in Amadou Robert da-da-da-da-da, they'd have had to spend on one Jordan Rhodes deal. So that didn't make any sense whatsoever. So, um, yeah, no, just an amusing uh, amusing little flurry of, uh, of activity. But essentially, um, Jordan Rhodes remained where he was. And uh, and I don't think he'll be
0: returning to Norwich anytime soon, it's safe to say. No, no love lost there between the two clubs, is there? And I do feel a little bit sorry for Jordan, to be honest, in that he got caught in between that situation and it has... Uh, held up his career at the point where you know he really wants to be playing football and he did score a hat-trick for Wednesday at one point didn't he but then they their form seemed to, to nosedive and he didn't seem to be uh, uh getting too much love from their fans so yes but uh, that was that was the the little bit of football sort of transfer chat there was over the weekend um, just to just to close with chaps then uh, people <laughs> seemed to enjoy how we were keeping ourselves busy um in last week's pod uh, I had a slightly odd weekend and i was sort of locked down with my younger brother who falls into the the medically vulnerable category as i mentioned last week he's on immunosuppressed medication so we have to be really careful with him i have to keep the distance you know and all the hygiene precautions and stuff but um my parents were were stuck in florida and they, didn't, they ended up getting an earlier repatriation flight home on on sunday so um they're now back and that situation's all settling down but at the time we just decided we'll just keep Keeping inside, I'll stay inside with him. Make sure that he's all right. Um, take no risks until we know when the parents getting home. And so, a lot of games of FIFA. Um, I, I sort of sharpened my FIFA skills. We had a few few good battles. Um, Real Madrid v uh, Borussia Dortmund mainly. Uh, but Friday night, we uh, stuck on the season review of last season, um, and which I think I bought in for Christmas. And that was quite that was quite a strange experience. I. I wouldn't say emotional, but it, it just reminded you of, of all that stuff that um, that we went through last year and how much we're missing the football, how much of a release it is and and, and how quickly football moves on as well. When you're watching like the start of that season and, uh, you know, away at Birmingham, there was Ben Marshall in the team and Evo um, Pinto was still playing, how quickly football moves on and, 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 and yeah I, I i really enjoyed it in the end to sort of relive that 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 so that was um that was nice but otherwise tv recommendation westworld season three that's that's me connor what about you uh
3: well i've, I've been doing the joe wicks exercise things for the last few days so i keep myself active um and I haven't ventured out into the garden yet so maybe that that's today i've got a couple of cats so i might go and throw a ball at not at them but <laughs> all them. um uh Beyond that, yeah, as you said, FIFA Football Manager, just sort of trying to engage with football that way, I guess. But it's it's been yeah, it's been it's been quite difficult. I don't really watch a lot of TV to be honest, so um, it's been trying to find other ways of, of keeping busy. I've got a fairly full house, three sisters, so uh, it's 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 certainly loud. Um, uh, so yeah, it's quite nice to lock myself away a little bit actually. Um, but yeah, so you're not, used not, to doing yeah.
0: social distance in there.
3: Yeah, yeah, to, to an extent. Yeah, it's nice to close the door, actually, and, and just uh, have some peace.
0: Yeah. Uh, I've resisted Football Manager because they, they've made it free for a second week, haven't they, because it's been so popular. But I just can't open that door again. I can't risk it.
1: <laughs> Go for it. You yeah, won't regret it. Doing
0: this. So, <laughs> uh, Tony, well, what have you been keeping busy with?
1: Um, well, sticking to the culinary theme, theme of Gordon Ramsay, um there's a game on the playstation called overcooked don't know if you've heard of it
0: there's a cooking game on the playstation
1: yeah you basically these little sort of cartoon characters in the kitchen i've am been playing it with my girlfriend and um you get the orders come in and you gotta chop up food and cook it put it on a plate and <laughs> serve it in a time limit it gets quite intense towards the the end you gotta score points any um, arguments uh not yet we're gonna just start it once it gets okay. a bit harder I think there will be. Yeah, like yeah. Connor did the Joe Wicks this morning. It's a bit fun. Um, but I think the plan is this weekend to try and do a bit of home improvements, kill some yeah. time with that.
0: Do you I have to communicate I mean, like you're in a the kitchen then? Do you have to say yes, chef, to your girlfriend?
1: Yeah, so it's it's like um, I need I need cucumber, <laughs> that <kind of> stuff. <laughs> just straight orders. Uh, I need a bun.
0: That's-
1: it sounds scintillating, mate. What's
0: the game Overcooked. called? Overcooked. Overcooked. I like it, bro. Right. <laughs> okay, we have to give that a try. Is that on PS4, though?
1: PS4, yeah. It's on sale. Get it now.
0: I'm, st- <laughs> I'm still stuck on the old PS3. It's about 10 years old now. It just about still creaks into action. And finally, Mr. <laughs> Davit, what, uh, what's been going on in salvage? I can't,
2: no, do you know what, do you know, honestly, seriously, I haven't seen an episode since we talked about last week, I'm just, you know, I don't know what's going on, too Too much of a good thing, too many news stories in the world to have to consume of an evening now, so, you know, what with Prime Ministerial statements, da-da-da-da-da, so no no salvage hunters, I've been out in the garden, I was out in the garden Saturday, yeah, for about two or three hours, weeding and mowing and God knows what, yeah, I had a good sweat on the go there, I tell you, it was hard work, that. But it's looking, I'm looking out through my window now, which means nothing to anybody listening to this. But yeah, it's looking beautiful now. So um, as a result, I, I got out and did a few keepy uppies yesterday. That's my lunchtime routine nice. now. So you boys are holding me up now. I need to get out back out in the garden and try and beat my record from yesterday. I saw Southwell's limp effort with a, a toilet roll. <laughs> You're not wrong. You didn't use your left foot too much, did you? For, other than for standing on. But uh,
3: oh, Wes Hulan made a career out of it, didn't he? Yeah, so, yeah, that's
2: true, that is true. Yeah, but uh, I'm not going down the toilet roll route. I see a uh, big and he did one, didn't he? Oh. In the weekend and got dogs abused for like wasting a toilet roll, so he had to go back on his social platforms and make it clear that that was going to get put back in use in the Robert's household. But uh, he didn't I thought, steer clip, I uh, say again, no, <laughs> no <laughs> worry, bad uh, doing. Move on, move on. <laughs> no, but, no, it was only because when I was doing my gardening, I found that I think because we've only been here about 15 months, I think uh, they had two teenage lads here and it was one of their mini mitre balls. And I noticed it was wedged in like one of our sort of bushes that run parallel down the, down the border. So I retrieved that and uh, it's opened up a whole new world. So that, that's my one piece of exercise a day is getting out in the garden and doing my keepy up is. Uh,
3: What's your record? Look, uh,
2: well, I did 100 yesterday, but uh,
1: that's 100? Because, well, yeah, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, now back in back in my youth, I knew I I, I kind of knew what I was doing before, for limited ability got I've in the way, it. and that was yeah, the end of just did hundred. I've just seen him post. 100 without yeah, stopping? Yeah, well, I mean, they should be doing that with their eyes closed. But I mean, I must confess that took me about two hours. So my one one bit of exercise. So <laughs> I'm quite obsessive. I thought, well, I'm not going back inside till I do a hundred. Um, so
1: yeah, hence why oh, we need a video. We need yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to
0: have to 100? get it
1: yeah. on uh, video recorded. Just, Just live it ten- for a couple of hours. That would be good. Yeah,
2: comment. yeah. Well, it we might get to that in about a month's time. So we'll have to keep that one up our sleeve. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's gotta be yeah. That's probably where I am at the minute. I'm I'm more in uh, exercise mode than uh, cooking on the PlayStation mode.
1: <laughs> no brunch then.
2: No, no. What well, as in actually eating it, or the piece of content we used to do yeah, either. Bye. Well, obviously, I will reward myself if I manage to do that with, yeah, I had some nice pasta yesterday afternoon after I'd come back inside. Uh, Only problem is, by doing that, I'm not finishing work before about six o'clock, so I need to probably have a (laughs) think about possibly doing it after work rather than during work, but there you go. But uh, other than that, trying to think, Uh, no, that's about it, really. My wife was trying to get me to play dominoes, as in the old-school version with actual pieces of wood and oh, no no not domino's <laughs> pizza no i wouldn't mind playing domino's pizza but the actual
1: board game that's you know, true but, actually um i'm resisting I, I am sort of thinking we should have got some board games in. that would have been fun
0: yeah apparently but, the like, places like amazon are sold out of things like that yeah puzzles yeah, yeah. and stuff like well, that well she tried to, well she's <laughs> tried to
1: yeah she's tried to order a
2: jigsaw right from gerald's even and apparently no 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 go out
0: of yeah. stock People jumped on that pretty quickly, I think. There so we're go. still on the upkeep. I, my, unfortunately, we we moved into our house last summer as a new build, and we haven't sorted out the garden yet. So it's just a dust bowl, so I can't All really right. can't really sit out in the garden. Unfortunately, that was going to be the next thing we had the we sort of had the money in place to do that, and now we're having to put that on hold with everything that's going on. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. I think that, I think that that's enough waffle for. Uh, <laughs> well, it's for one waffle day. day, isn't it? National Waffle Day. Apparently, it is and apparently it is. So, and Friday is International Whiskey Day, so I, I might have to uh, might have to indulge in that one. But, yeah, thank you, chaps. Um, I, I hope you guys um, are enjoying a, a bit of a catch-up, trying to keep a little bit of um, familiarity, um, as much football as, as we can squeeze into things, uh, given that, as Pad said the, the, earlier in the show, there isn't going to be any until at least April the 30th. So um, we'll continue to stay in touch as best we can and keep some... Entertain content coming your way and and as i said earlier if you do want to get in contact with us then please do um any questions comments always really welcome particularly at the moment um as i said earlier you can also find us on future radio 107.8 fm and we will catch up with you very soon